Yeah. Y'all ready, y'all ready, yo. What it do and what it is, this is the Sensei Said So Show. I am your Sensei, Vio Sensei, 36 Dread Kage at a music clan, 10th Tribe of Wakanda, and we are the rogue ninjas of the Sound Village. And y'all already know it's Shadow the Gold Tooth the Villain, leader of the Water Nation. If y'all with me, pull your double cups up two times. Cause y'all already know what we got in our cup and we keep it stacked. What's in the cup? You noticed that Distillery 36. So shout out to the sponsor. Shout out to 801 Customs. Shout out to everybody down under. Down under AMR <laughs> booming. I'm every time we play a new song from a new artist down there, I'm trying to do my best to add them on social media and kind of keep up with what they're doing. And it's dope. So shout out to all the artists that are submitting uh tracks. If you're an art, if you're a artists down under and you need a place to submit your music hit up amr hit up right. gareth let them know what you got going on you might get your song played on the sensei said so show for all of our listeners here stateside so appreciate everybody supporting us around the world season yes, six you know. they let us get this far at some point they're going to do a video or a movie about this podcast and you're going to be played by ryan gosling <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be played by by Jason Momoa. Um, is that is that the fuck right? <laughs> they changing the colors of everything, and y'all upset. Y'all better y'all better ride for us, like y'all ride for the, the Little Mermaid. Disrespect. I hope we've done more for they your life. They better consult with me. I need like a I need like a Jason Statham man. <laughs> Come on, I need, I need, a, I need a cool cat, man. Jason Statham. I need a real nigga. Come on. <laughs> so on this, we're gonna. There was a little bit of a pre-conversation, so if you didn't get that joke, we're gonna let you in on what happened on my afternoon, how my day got started today. But before we get into that, we got a special episode. We got something a little bit different from you. We're letting you know that the. The reach of the clan, and we got multiple hands, and we're all working because some of us were busy. Some of us were in and out of the studio, but we had an awesome guest come by. Right. So what we did, because we had to make sure we got him on wax, is we got our producer. You guys already know, Brandon, Mark, they held it down while we were absent, and they got a wonderful, wonderful interview with somebody you need to hear from, an awesome musician and somebody making moves in the community and then in the city, so... We're going to get to that conversation here in a bit. But, you know, we're still going to give you that fire because we are senseis before we get into that. So let's let the people in on this little color joke we had going right, on. Right, because the real issue is that they're, they're playing with your aerial, aren't they? Stop it. Honestly, I, uh, sorry if you're a fan of The Little Mermaid, cover your ears. But okay movie. Good, not great. <laughs> so I don't understand what the uproar is for the movie. But... Here we had the the live action. You know how Disney's reanimating all their movies to make it look more live and real. Right. They have chosen a very talented young black girl to play Ariel. Yes. And I applaud it. And the white side of the internet went crazy. <laughs> I don't know. Is there a white Twitter? There is definitely black Twitter. I don't know if there's a white Twitter. We'll call it Miracle Whip. They went crazy. Oh, they did They did go crazy. And the issue is they weren't supposed to go this crazy. Or what? The girl's talented. I mean, she's talented 
And it's not like there's a disrespect. It's not like it's out of boycott of Ariel that they're making a remake of Ariel. You know, this is just some a natural progression of diversity within film. So I understand that. But on the other hand, I see why they mad. I understand why they mad. It's their Ariel. She bright redheaded, pale skin, freckled. You know, you know they they believe that 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 they're everywhere. So they swimming in the ocean. It's like if they believe mermaids are white, then that's what they believe. I don't know what to tell you, bro. <laughs> but the, I don't, mermaids ain't real, so I can't really understand how there could be. So as I was kind of dissecting the- this, because at first I really didn't, I really didn't want to feel about the hate. Because as I've gotten older, I'm, I don't diet with like what I eat because I eat whatever I feel like. Even though I try to eat healthy, but I diet with the energy I, I choose to like, cons- like in uh, keep around me. And this shit was just so ignorant and so hateful. The comments that were being made, just there wasn't really any, any sort of discourse about it. It was just a bunch of people upset being upset and while i think everybody has a right to feel just because you feel a certain way doesn't mean you're right so tuck that shit in be an adult and handle it but then i got thinking as i thought about it more and i just put a post out just you know hoping that a couple people got a kick out of it where i said people are more mad about the little mermaid being colored black than jesus than the roman empire coloring jesus white right Facebook goes crazy. Fire. <laughs> I don't talk. Apparently, according to Tommy Lorin, who is one of the most annoying things on the planet. Um, I wish there was like a chupacabra because I feel like a chupacabra would eat something like her. She's just so, yeah. <laughs> is that a curse? <laughs> Shout out to my Latinos That's and their the, myths. The goat eater. That Nigerian the voodoo. <laughs> I don't wish no I don't wish no harm on nobody, but Chupacabra is fine. <laughs> so she came out and this is basically where I realized there's three things you can't talk about apparently to some white people, because some people get it. But for some of y'all, it's she said, the little mermaid's white. Mm-hmm. Sure. Off the jump. Santa Claus is white. <laughs> sure. I mean he's in the North Pole. Uh well, geographically, geographically, it makes we'll a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense. Okay, you know the, the dark skin probably wouldn't last you out know. there. So we're gonna get to Santa. The, I'm glad that you even said though, that. Even though even though Alaskan and native, I ain't gonna we ain't gonna really get into the native joints because you know how well, they, Santa Claus can be Scandinavian. <laughs> I don't know. I'll roll with it. Okay, okay. like Thor. Um, but then she doubled down. She tripled down with, and Jesus is white. And now that's every demographic in every realm that there can be. So I'm confused. So when I put my post, apparently not as many of the Little Mermaid fans came out the woodworks, but a couple of the white Jesus supporters. And we had a conversation. <laughs> <laughs> why did you laugh when I said that? And why did I? Because that's a group it on, is. On, on Facebook. And, they, and they, 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 these are hate groups. <laughs> I'm reading through these hate groups. And I'm seeing pictures of like the Little Mermaid on top of watermelon, just with, <laughs> with buck teeth, offended as hell. Just scrolling through, like, oh shit. So I understand that that this is this has gone a little too far. I understand a little racial banter, you know, trying to identify representation is important in media, 
and in, 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 and in entertainment. So I understand the fight for the representation. I get that. We and when we had Izzy Smith on an episode, go back and listen to Cryptocurrency if you missed that episode. He said something really, really particular when we asked him. He said he doesn't know what Jesus looks like, but if you're going to worship a God, you better make sure it looks like you. Right. Bottom line, I absolutely think that that that's the bottom. That's the golden rule right, <laughs> right there. there. But if depending on who you're talking to, at least two thirds of those people she mentioned are imaginary. <laughs> depending on who you're talking and to. And one is underwater. And one is underwater. And one is under goddamn water. And <laughs> what race could that be? <laughs> A mermaid is white? <sighs> because they made up the character. So is that is it, and I understand that's why that's why it's white, but it can't be nothing else. There can't be no other ethnicity of mermaids. What, what ocean is the mermaid from? Might even get close to determining what. Where is Ariel even from? What ocean is she even from? Well, I mean, some of is the she accents. Even close to Europe. The accents of the crab are very like Jamaican. <laughs> There's a lot of Caribbean influence. That's what I'm saying. A crab is Jamaican. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but she a white girl. <laughs> You never heard of the the uh, the slave trade? This weird shit happened. <laughs> <laughs> These slave traders were jumping in the ocean, getting it all. Found an octopus, thought she was sexy. No. <laughs> so look at the ink on that bitch. <laughs> the tentacles on this hoe. The fish we could catch. You know. <laughs> Gosh. I I almost had a. I almost let one go. I had to let that joke for the sponsors. I, I let. I love, we when we have the point where we have a premium sensei said so I would have let that joke fly but I'm gonna tuck that one because <laughs> it was bad because I want this to be an intellectual conversation because the question I have for people is do we still think Jesus is white <laughs> is like well, well, well some religions yes but religions think all types of things but let's take the let's take the religion out of it let's take the fan fiction religions out of it and let's just look at Jesus the person his mother was from Nazareth he was born in Nazareth. Everybody take a second and Google people from Nazareth. Like, I don't know why it's this hard. Like, I'm not trying to, I'm not pretending Jesus looks like Julius Irving. I'm not saying he out here with a throw and a pick, <laughs> talking about the meek shall inherit this cross. Like, no, I'm not saying that. All I'm saying is like, <laughs> let's be accurate with something. Even though we don't know, the Bible gives us two descriptions. It's really random that they only talk about his hair and his feet. But on his hair, they say his texture of his hair was like lamb's wool. And then they said his feet looked like copper being burned, burning copper. That's brownish. That's all the people you discriminate it's, against at airports. It, y'all are mad because if Jesus tried to go to Delta, y'all would discriminate against him. So y'all got him. <laughs> he so, would get a random search every <laughs> single time. He wouldn't, he wouldn't be able to board nowhere. We're all looking at him crazy. Like, who is this guy? He'd be like, <laughs> the airlines have no business taxing anybody. We all fly to heaven. He just going to get everybody. Nobody pay for airports. <laughs> he going to be at the airport every day until everybody get on the airport for free. I'm with him. So you you had a great point earlier where you said, you, I kind of get the outrage because it's a beloved character. Like, if they had, if they redid Black Panther in 20 years, and Black Panther was played by Adam Sandler, we'd be pissed. We'd be like, this is disrespectful to our culture and what this character means to us. Right. So I understand that. I understand that. it. But in the other breath, representation is important. 
And what we're seeing in Hollywood is there's now a trend of everybody's getting their moment of representation. Mm -hmm. Everybody's getting their chance. Like the Polynesian community was like, we don't have any representation. Now Moana, Moana hit so went hard. Diamond. Moana Ooh. went so hard. And they didn't disrespect Moana. They made Moana true to culture. Mm -hmm. Strong woman. They the Latin American community is like, we don't have any representation. You got Coco, one of their best movies. So Disney and these animated movies are showing they don't care about your white fragility and we want to hold on to this character because it's what I believed in. Then go watch the old one. Then go. The old one's not going anywhere. Guess what? This is a new Little Mermaid. And they wanted the new Little Mermaid. They wanted the new Little Mermaid. They did. <laughs> but y'all got Trump, so y'all can't have everything. Uh, <laughs> and ain't that the realest problem? <laughs> y'all can't have everything. But isn't it funny, though, that for so long we were trying to fight for representation. Hey, we want to see more representation in the media, and people would fight us. You remember in high school when we talk about BET, and they'd be like, "Why is there a BET? If there was a WET, you would be upset." But now that the roles are being reversed and things are being flipped, they are now showing why representation has been important all along. Because y'all didn't fight for it when you didn't have to, but as soon as your symbols are now being taken and being dipped in some Crayola colors and coming out of different ethnicity. Now they're starting to understand the importance of representation, mm -hmm. which it's unfortunate that people have to learn through scarcity, but sometimes shit needs to be taken away for you to value it. So hopefully in this next coming years, when Toy Story, Woody is an Asian character. Oh, go crazy. When, the, when Toy Story 5 is an anime, <laughs> Woody, you got a friend like me. <laughs> You hoping on that. You oh praying and God. begging on that. Buzz Lightyear. <laughs> Buzz Lightyear sensei. They go go. That shit would be hard. You going to try and get a cameo in it. I'm going to watch it. I'm going <laughs> to watch. I'm, I love seeing the different colors and representation. And you had a post on Facebook that, because the reverse is also happening. We in the black community are seeing your outra outrage and we're doubling down. We're right. like, all right, we gonna color all your character. I saw the Friends one and was like, oh, I might actually watch Homies. I, I never watch Friends. <laughs> I might watch Homies. <laughs> I saw that the, the social media, and, and, and there was a whole grip of them, a whole grip of uh, of old shows that they remade into into black shows. <laughs> they are. It, it's a slippery slope that this has started because on on Twitter, it, it's a. It, it looks like a race war. Over it looks like a goddamn mermaid. race war over this little goddamn red-headed mermaid. General it Robert. Make no damn sense. General Robert, make no damn sense. Robert R. Lee. Robert R. The general of the Civil War, General Lee, he's probably rolling in his grave talking about, I fought against these blacks for cotton. <laughs> Y'all fighting with them over the little mermaid? <laughs> Upset. And, and, and. Who Sorry, knows? I, I they, can't remember racist names. That's why I couldn't. And, and 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 who knows? They might be able to keep the Little Mermaid. It's really not that big of a deal. It really isn't that big of a deal. But the issue is that this looks like in one country over a classic, legendary show in that country. There's they're divided in half, arguing and fighting with each other over the race of over the race of the classic character in the same country that you guys are all from. <laughs> We look a clown. We look a goddamn clown. If you could take one show with a predominantly European-American cast and cast a black cast, what show would you pick? Mm. 
The issue is I don't watch a lot of all white cast shows. <laughs> no offense, not you know, like not you. I, I you gonna just, hit me with, but you're not a racist because you have I'm a not, white friend. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's coming next. <laughs> but no, listen, I. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> it's not even. Give me Law and Order. I need Law and Order. This is a hard one. Dip it all. I'm really trying to even think. Change uh, Mariska Haggerty's character to Taraji P. Henson. Bring Stabler back, but make him like Kevin Hart. No, nah, not Kevin Hart. Make him like Michael Ely. <laughs> he got a very, uh, he got a stare. You know, he'd be looking all sad and shit. House. Okay. Dexter. Okay. Boom. That's dope. Dexter Black would have been. I don't like wild. seeing black people killing things. Though. Exactly. So, and that's why you know it needed to be that way. That's how I could watch it. But who would you have play it? Travis Scott. Who played Dexter? <laughs> what kind of goddamn booking money do I got? <laughs> <laughs> what? What's my budget, man? I'll fuck around and star in it then. <laughs> Can you act? Get my mm-hmm. check the resume. Agency signed. That's back in my day, you know. Now I own my own shit. <laughs> I almost put him on the spot. What I want somebody to do is if y'all can give us like a short script for Shadow to read, give him like a week, and then next week we'll have him do A week? Re- I don't need a week. Oh, shit. Well, send it in. And- I don't need a week, man. I, I can right. act. Next episode, I'm going try- <laughs> to try to get these together. I'm not going to let him see. I'm going to give him 25 minutes to read it, and let's get a live read. Make m- motherfuckers cry on the podcast as you show us your acting skills. You might get booked for the next Spider-Man or you, something. You like drama? Is that what you like? I, that's the best. I think, <laughs> I think the two best forms, I think the best one is comedy. Because you can kind of fake drama. You can't fake funny. You're either funny or you're not. So if you want to go funny, we can get some. You can make people laugh. But drama will just be interesting. (laughs) (laughs) You want to see my range? It'll make for a really... Because what we could do is we could branch out. And I I think I'm going to get a guest on because he does uh, live stories on his podcast. So like he'll just create a storyline and then he'll read the story. It's like story time with him. So, hey, story time with Shadow and just have you dramatically read Game of Thrones shit or something like that. I haven't even seen Oh, we can do a real black. No, we can do like the Boondocks. You can like retell the Boondocks stories. Yeah, oh, how they be doing. (laughs) When Riley started the fundraiser. (laughs) Act one. I'm dying. I watched the basketball one yesterday, the the, the All-Star weekend. (laughs) You better be able to do different voices and stuff, play different characters. We going to test you. We gonna see what this agency signing really means. Ah! We gonna see if you go if you really lived up to that deal, that contract, or did you quite Leonard them? Did you come for a year and then leave? Oh no, I was I was I was a gem. Always will be, never will be dulled. <laughs> Sorry. So, what I want to do now, I think this is a perfect time. This is a perfect stopping point for us to listen to a little bit of music. I believe the first song that we're going to play is actually from Australia. So we're going to get into that early in this episode. Now, when we come back from that song. I see you brought the Lakers jacket. Of course I did. Wild as hell. When we come back from that song, we are going to get into the interview with Music Clan producer, 
and editor Mark, Brandon, and a special guest. So enjoy the song, and we'll see you at the end of that interview. Schools and kids. Being an MC is easy as ABC reverse roles. Like to see you be me. Oh, you can't lie, because the answer's a secret anomaly. Real answer, you can mess with me. You can mess with me. You can mess with me. Not as easy as the BBC makes it out to be. No, you can mess with me. Not to this degree. Take yourself back to school and learn to read. First lecture, let me build it, architecture, spelling B Under pressure, be on measure, like trigonometry L-O-G, I see it clear, I got the master key And I bring the heat, like Miami 2013 Bets on me, like a Mercedes at the Grand Prix So petite, but my mind is heavy, like an olive tree No chickpea, better every year, just like a winery Blended it, shakes down, complete to mixology Now down to the S-E-I-E-N-C Got that vitamin C, they get to vitamin D Tested hypotheses, at least to an adequate degree Gasp, oh, problems with your respiratory ha. So let me break it to you like a sugar snap pea. I'm gonna make it too. That's a fucking guarantee. Sipping green tea by green trees with the green breeze. Fold of money like it's origami. Now you green with envy. Now you green with envy. Why you looking at me? Oh yeah, right. Cause uh, you can mess with me. You can mess with me. Not as easy as the BBC makes it out to be. No, you can mess with me. Not to this degree. Take yourself back to school and learn to read. Phenomenology. Education doesn't seem to have a quality. What? Just one of the double standards that seems to bother me. Yet nobody sees. So we go and stereotypically. Always the OG. Hang on, we go, please. Chilling like cold freeze. But like no doubt we don't speak. Let's the kids be and teach them to love and be free. No cover up or butter up. Pay for creativity. Pay for creativity. Put the money in it. Why you looking at me? Oh, the money you see? <laughs> yeah, right. Cause you can mess with me. You can mess with me, not as easy as the BBC makes it out to be. No, you can mess with me, not to this degree. Take yourself back to school and learn to read. You can mess with me. No, you can mess with me. You can mess with me. <laughs> not to this degree, sugar, honey, iced tea. This couldn't possibly be a free mouth freestyle foxy. Rhyming every word with ease like, please. This is Sensei Said So Podcast, and this is the producer, and this is crazy, because we know ever, 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 ever stray away from our normal syndication and how we do things, but we try. I got my motherfucker from Australia here, I got Bustin' Justin, and I got right. Patrick motherfucking Gregory sitting here with me right now. Where are you guys at? You guys there? Can you I'm guys right there? here. You guys Can you hear me live? Can you speak English? Totally so crazy. So we got AMR. Back. We're, we're back with AMR. It's so crazy. So like at the beginning of this whole show, and a lot of people don't even understand how the Sensei Said So podcast came to be, but a lot of it came to be simply because we met on air during an interview on another radio station, me, myself, Shadow, and Mr. Mr. Uh, Vio Sensei. And, and that's how we did this stuff. And that's what's so crazy. It's episode 63. 
Uh, if you guys haven't already tuned into our sponsors and tuned into like subscribing to our podcast, it's since they said so.com. You guys can find it on every single podcast platform available to you. And, it's and if you don't know about our sponsors already, it's the Slurry 36 in the double cup. Everybody always does that. Shadow always puts that double cup up mm. and makes sure that mm. everyone mm. lays it down thick for the thickness. But today we have another amazing independent amazing. artist. Not only an independent artist, but somebody who works with reggae bands. Uh, somebody who does voiceovers. Somebody beauty. who does like really awesome shit, like play keys for multiple bands as a studio artist. Somebody who is actually opening and launching a business locally you've not heard to help people with management situations. And so we got Bustin' Justin in here, our Australian representative. Hello, He's going to come hello. in here and give a little, get a little taste for people, but... Patrick, what's up, man? How you been doing? I've been doing good. And like you said, we've been launching a new business here in the community, and it's a great opportunity to help other musicians, um, people who need some more motivation, need some more guidance. And uh, I'm excited to be launching this, not just for myself, but other musicians as well. I think we're just as excited. I think it's fucking awesome, dude. To be completely honest with you, any anybody who launches anything within the in the, in the realms of Salt Lake City towards like the entertainment industry, it's ah. like, oh, this is worth looking at. It's right? all beautiful. So, Patrick, I, I'm I'm super familiar with what you're doing, but obviously the listeners don't understand, and obviously nobody knows that this is even happening right now. But you're here with me right now. We've been setting up a business together. You've actually acquired the services of Music Clan Media and uh, WGK Music and the people that are there within. We're excited. You, you, you've stayed local. You you came to a good situation, and now you're setting up your own business. You have everything you need taken care of, but like, how's your experience been so far as far as reaching out to do your own thing? I mean, do you feel comfortable doing what you're doing? Is there an issue with what you're doing, or do you feel confident? I feel confident now, and the issue is myself. And just making sure that I take care of my top priorities first. And that way I take care of everyone else. The and fans. I think I become the resource to everyone else by being the resource for myself initially. I mean, when you say that, I mean, it's like a cut and dry thing. But like when you when you say stuff like that, I, I obviously understand that a lot of people probably aren't familiar with what you do. So Patrick actually plays in a local band. When I say local, I mean local to Salt Lake City. And that's the only reason I'd say that. That's not meaning that they're not capable of going anywhere because they do do their thing. They're amazing. And they definitely pay big shows. And you're a part of that like that big conception of like a lot of people working together fluently. And You just did Park City, right, I mean, for the Daily Fest? Right. You guys, you guys just did your 4th of July celebration for, for you know Utah out here at Park City. And you guys had a, a really good like situation set up for the park. I mean, kind of tell us. And the listeners a little bit more about like what that was like and and how that felt and I mean where you were with that like personally. July Fourth is an awesome experience for the Greenleafs and myself. And with that, you know, comes some preparation. And we're always ready to play shows. But for you know our nation's independence, I think it's a you know another celebration as well. And um, you know we're we're lucky to have opportunities here and and uh, especially as musicians having resources here as well and. Working in the community here, I haven't just played with Greenleafs, but also several other bands. Uh, can you? And, I mean, I mean, I don't I, mean to make you name drop. I just always sure. like to be super invasive. I don't think we have time for him to name. Yeah, let let you name drop. I mean, like who 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 are some of the bands that you're working with? Just so that some people. I have to say, Super who, Bubble who, right off the gate. Who may not understand that, like obviously the, the, the other like, important yeah. uh, you know band I mean? that I'm working with regularly right now is called Righteous Heathen. Mm-hmm. Righteous um, Heathen. Yep, and a lot of the band members yeah, are originally from New Zealand, so. Uh-oh. I Perfect. think that that brings, brings, uh, brings a special cultural influence to reggae music. 
um, and also just the ability to reemphasize their their songs. They work with Terrence Hansen, who's also another local oh, artist. Yeah. Dude, he's, another he guitarist. runs the dual neck guitars. He's super famous Beautiful in Germany, and, and a lot of people like you, you. You can see him all over the world. Basically, if you look him up, like he's great. Yeah, dude. yeah. And having his support and joining this group's been really special. Uh, they have an album that they've already released, and my piano brings a new flavor to what they've already accomplished. And I think that that's something that they appreciate uh, mutually with me as well. Enjoying a new project, uh, working through their material, uh, bringing my own flavor. You know, being from New Orleans, there's definitely a lot of jazz, a lot of blues, R&B. So wait, uh, wait, 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 wait. You're from New Orleans? Yep. Yep. Born and raised in Louisiana. Oh, you so. Wait a second. So you're from New Orleans. Like, so like. When were you born? Like, I mean, I, I don't mean to ask you how old you are, but like, when were you born? Like, you say New Orleans, and I'm sure a lot of people think like pre Katrina, post Katrina. Like, when were you from New Orleans? I'm 37 now, and I've been through parts of New Orleans before Katrina and also after. And there's definitely a big change that I'm aware of. Um, going there every year for the jazz festival is a major part of my cultural influence uh, when it comes to place. playing with other artists um, and writing new material. It's important to take care of uh, uh, the memory of the roots and those uh, artists that come before me. Definitely. So with that said, I mean, I was working for Holiday Inn when Hurricane Katrina happened down yeah. in New Orleans. And, and to be honest with I you, a lot of people experience. have, like, their own experience and their own memory of, like, stuff that happened. I mean, I have my own memory of 9-11 that no one's pretty fond of. And then I have my own memory of Katrina. But to be honest with you, when Hurricane Katrina happened, I can't help but say, yes, I made a lot of money during that time because I work for a company like Holiday Inn. When you're booking hotels in a catastrophe, people pay top dollar, and we're counting on, as a company, you to have insurance money. So what do we do? We make sure that you book a room in every hotel that we've got just to make sure that you can get there and get your room on a reservation during a catastrophe. That's terrible, but you didn't have to deal with any of that stuff, did you? No, I was was in Oregon at the time working for the U.S. government there for the Forest Service. Um, doing some internship work uh, as a trail maintenance uh, staff and also doing some programs to help by, by um, help minimize user impact on the long-term range, managing 2 million acres in a really cool area that uh, wow. was recently burned. Wow. That's crazy. Uh, you, oh, know, you know, I always forget this about, about Patrick, but I've known him for a long time, and it's super crazy because, I, I mean, I wish Vince and, and, and Shadow would just, like, burst in the room right now but they're oh, obviously definitely. in the room with the client in the other side right now and that's what the cool thing about music clan media is like they're doing super cool things for memberships and stuff for artists it's a studio ran by artists and and they're like providing it for artists so it's like super eyes, affordable just saying i mean check them out at sensei said so.com you guys can always look at that stuff but uh, i don't mean to sidetrack but at the same time so you obviously are in a situation where you're working with local artists and and you're and you're Obviously, you're in your own arrangement, oh, in your amazement. own city, and you're 37, like you said. You said it, not me. So, I mean, how is it like working in local artistry? Like, you do a lot of open mic nights in Salt Lake Dude, City. You, you, you provide so much access for uh, local artists to actually get need. their voice heard. I, I mean, I get a little confused sometimes because some people are so focused. Like, a lot of our listeners focus on hip-hop. But have you ever thought about the music scene as, like, its entirety and the open mic nights that are involved? I mean, I know you run some open mic nights, 
And I know you got one down at Chakra downtown. It's yeah, Chakra great. downtown Tell me just, about that a little just bit. finished uh, its second night this past Wednesday night. And it's probably it's a lot uh, of fun. one of the di- most diverse groups of experienced players in town and also new players as well. So we had uh, people from Lehigh. We had people from South Salt Lake, downtown, uh, bands that are already working together, uh, groups that we put together pretty um loosely because that's that's what music is all about is co- collaborating that's with, what open mics are all about yeah and i think that open mics tend to have a bad rap occasionally and i definitely uh, i see a difference in feel and also in results so. why do you think they get a bad rap that actually is like literally where i was going with that dude <laughs> why do they get a bad rap oh, it's can you tell crazy. me you know i can tell you about what doesn't work and I think that's some of the most important things to learn as far as kind of dealing with. Tell me, um, what, what doesn't work? This, so flat out, let me, let me, let me, hold on. Let me build the situation. So you've got an open mic night. You're at a bar. Obviously, sometimes you're in tail with the business. Sometimes you're not with the business. Sometimes there's a deal. Sometimes there's not a deal. Sometimes you can get people in. Sometimes you can't get people in. Well, how about uh, where is your open mic? Right, like. Where's the struggle with that? And, like, where did you find your peace with your open mic? Where were you able to establish that to where it was healthy for you and for the artists that you bring in? You know, it became healthy once I decided that I was ready for it because I had considered all these things that we're discussing because it's important to consider not just your own opinion but the community's needs as well as a whole. So you think about experienced artists or people that are just coming to the scene, you got to make people comfortable, and part right. of that is just building a community with those artists initially. So where did you find your success with, I mean, how did you even get into Chakra to begin with? I mean, did, did you just, like, find them, or did just someone hook you up with that? I mean, yeah, Chakra, you don't have to tell me. I understand sure. it's Yeah, private, Chakra but. came from a local relationship, and it came as a favor to a friend who wants to do a similar mission for the whole community, not just for oh, yeah. Salt Lake City, but for um, Utah as a whole. There is opportunity there to... Uh, take artists who don't have the momentum they need. And I think that my business is about creating momentum for artists. So when you say committing beautiful. momentum to artists, that's, that's, that's the that's whole beautiful. reason that we're doing a, 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 a producer version Fucking interview amazing. tonight. We, we had an opportunity where no one was available, and we had Patrick come in here on his own kind time, which is, is, is it, I won't even tell you what time it is because it doesn't matter, but he came in here on his own time, and we're sitting here trying to discuss some things because always we're always representing local artists, local music. We're always representing local business, music kind of media. We're artists for artists. We have a studio for artists. We work well together. It's something that you should look into, and if it's something that you look into, just go to senseisetso.com and just check out all the content and look at all the cool stuff. I mean, I've been a producer of this show for so many years, and this is the first interview I've ever done isolated with this guy, and the only reason I wanted to do it because Patrick He's is a guy special. you want to hear from. Patrick he is, the guy is a you guy hear from. in the scene definitely. who's Most allowing definitely. people to come and have their voices heard, allowing oh, them a platform, and that's something that we're all excited about. The sensei, Shadow, the villain, oh, yeah. he we always wants you guys. This guy. Right. He always wants everyone to have a platform. They always want everyone to have a platform guy, to speak. This guy's got levels. And that's what's wonderful about it. So Chakra Lounge, downtown Salt Lake City. What is that, Monday nights you do that? Every other Wednesday. Every other Wednesday. We have another host. Another host that um, is there helping us out, Kate, um, and she's a singer songwriter. She's worked in the Greenleaf Studio with Man Versus Music locally, um, with Michael Sasich, a wonderful engineer. Michael's great. Oh, stop! Stop right there. So even that said, this man not only has enough time to run an open mic for a lot of people, 
and to have an artist come in and speak their words. He's got time to sit in a studio, work with a recording band, and what? also perform at like some of the biggest situations here in Salt Lake How City. How can you be that Slash busy? Park City, slash Utah, slash awesome. the Western States. So you just literally did a performance up with Green Leaves, your reggae band that you work with, and you've been in the studio with them. Tell us a little bit about that experience. That experience in the studio was one of the more stressful times <laughs> of recording. Uh, dealing with a situation where you're live at a show is very different than being in the studio. And I think that's important for artists to consider when it comes to how they want to present their content and just understanding that those environments are very different. And I'm more than welcome to help people become more comfortable in either situation. Uh, it was a major growth experience for me. And seeing at the end of that day where I spent almost eight hours in the studio on the it's weekend. It's crazy when you said the end of that day and it was like literally. <laughs> and I know for all of you listeners, you guys are listening to it when you listen to it, but that was yesterday. Yes. As far as we're talking. Sure. Yeah, and the you know, at the end of that, that day, when my uh, when my producer looks over at me, and I've only ran one song twice, ah. and I'm done with it, and I have one other song that took me three hours, I'm pretty stoked. Personally, it, it it's amazing. You, you know what's crazy is like we we literally have listeners from all over the world, and I oh, never, beautiful. I literally never get on wax, let alone with with my Australian brother Bustin Justin over here. <laughs> Who, who's probably maybe or maybe not finding a place here on this show. But at the hey. same time, it's like, I've never done this. This is something that we don't normally do. But I had to do this with we you, Patrick, to. because simply you're doing something amazing in our community. It's and, fucking beautiful. And obviously schedules don't work out sometimes. But we're all here right now. And we're talking about something that you're providing towards the community. And you've just recently opened up a business that's available to everybody. Aside from being a studio artist and being a performing artist, I hear that you're you're setting up piano lessons. You're setting up a way for people to learn the trade, a, a way for people to have management or some sort of representation. Tell us a little bit about what your business is and, and said that. It's about empowerment. It's about creating momentum. Uh, it's about um, coming to every artist on their level, whether I um, engage in their genre proactively or not. Uh, I'm always there to listen and support people. Um, I think that's probably one of my biggest skill sets. Uh, working to help teenagers here locally in Utah outside of music, um, not just working with talent management, but also working with portrait photography and doing wow, concert beautiful. photography. This guy is a beautiful filmer. I've seen all of his. I've seen a lot of his stuff. So I, I mean, I we've had a lot of conversations personally between the two of us recently. So how do you feel about working for the syndicated press as a press representative? utilizing the first amendment that this country offers as freedom of the press like how do you feel like that's respected in today's day and age and how do you think that you can apply that to your business i think that respect comes with respect and you can't make everyone happy and you know one piece with the chakra lounge again coming back to the open mic i'm i might have you know a great run of the most of the night and then maybe i encounter a certain situation and that doesn't mean that that situation becomes unmanageable. That just means that we're never done working. Um, and that's oh. why one of the goals of my organization, Patrick's Best Music, is about momentum. It's about empowerment. It's about community focus. Progression. And then I think the rest of the cards fall in place once you have people that believe uh, in themselves, but also believe that I can genuinely give them a starting point um, to kind of establish themselves with whatever their goals are in music otherwise. 
So I'm going to stop you right there. We're going to take wow. a quick break. Uh, wow, that was we're, beautiful. <laughs> we're going to oh. listen to this song from the Music Clan. I, I love these guys so oh, very much. And right now, I, I literally just got back from my uh, four-episode hiatus, and we definitely have a crew who's been pulling their weight and doing their thing, and that's why I wanted to show up and make sure an interview was done, even if they couldn't make the time to be here because simply we're all so busy. So busy. It, it, it's an artist show. That's why I'm When, here, when right? you deal with a bunch of musicians, when you deal with a bunch of uh, proactive, business-owning, collegiate people, that's yeah. what you get. Sometimes you have a conflict of interest with schedule, and that's why you're stuck with me, the producer. And a fill-in singer. That's why you're stuck with... Mr. Mark Angle recording us. He's sitting here in studio. We got Bus and Justin. We got Patrick Wilson. But we're going to listen to a song from the Music Clan. It's one of my favorite songs. So good. And it's time to tune into that shit. And I'll tell you all about it when we get back on the Sensei Said So podcast. Mm -hmm. I got the vision. Yeah. I got the vision. I promise. I got the vision. Yeah. All eyes open, I got the vision. I promise. All eyes open, I got the vision. I swear to God. All eyes open, I got the vision. I promise. All eyes open. Listen. I made a promise to the niggas in my city. I'ma go and make it happen. I made a promise to the niggas rocking with me. I'ma go and make it happen. I made a promise to the niggas in my city. I'ma go and make it happen. I made a promise to the niggas rocking with me. I'ma go and make it happen. I remember when they used to tell me that you the one you gotta make. Giving visions of the city's future And now I know I gotta take right it now. I'm the monster from the underwater The originator of the lake Got a blessing from the whole city To run and go and spread the lake shit Ooh. All eyes open I got the vision Firing off on a pass Bad boy rocking I got the wisdom Try not to end up in prison yeah. There are some that wanna see me fail But I am looking down on the hatred Hating on me ain't doing nothing for you But I see you yeah. that say I made a promise to the niggas in my yeah. city I'ma I'm go and make it happen Made a promise to the niggas rocking with me I'ma go and make it I'ma go and make it happen. I made a promise to the niggas in my city. I'ma go and make it happen. Made a promise to the niggas rocking with me. I'ma go and make it happen. Ain't an easy city catch fire, but there's one thing that I know. When the chilly niggas feel the fire, brother, I know this shit gon' blow. Put my hand down on every city, cause I'm about to make this shit go. Precipitating on the whole crowd, it's about to make my shit throw. Lake City, that's the birthplace in the box state, that's home. Met some cool niggas from the 303, smoking J's out in the blow. Brother Nick in the full coat. The switch sweet song go. go I got two homes and they on my back yeah. And I'm about to let yeah. the world know Liz. I made a promise to the niggas in my city I'ma go and make it happen go and make it Made happen. a promise to the niggas rocking with me I'ma go and make it happen I made a promise to the niggas in my city I'ma go and make it happen Made a promise to the niggas rocking with me I'ma go and make it happen I made a promise to the niggas in my city Made a promise to the niggas rocking with me Made a promise to the niggas in my city Made a promise to the niggas rocking with me. I got the vision. I got the vision. I promise. I got the vision. Tell them that I got the vision. Swear to God. All eyes open. I got the vision. All eyes open. I got the vision. I got the vision. I got the vision. Trying not to end up in prison. It's the producer's interview. It's, it is it is what it is. We got Patrick Gregory from Patrick's 
best music and Mr. Oh, Bustin' Justin out of the Ooh. Melbourne, Australia doing some weird hello, shit. Hello, hello. <laughs> it is what it is, but that's ha. what we got. That's what we got. Mark Angle in the studio. Sensei Said So Podcast. Check out the All sponsors. Right. Distillery 36, 801 Customs, Beautiful. Sua Vodka. Check it out. You can check all that shit out. Google it. You, you're not stupid. You can figure some it out. Some fine stuff. So, Patrick, we were talking about a bunch of stuff. But now Ooh, I want to talk to you about some other stuff. Uh-uh. So, like, you got this, like, sweet-ass business that you're doing, and you got this sweet-ass idea that you're doing, and you work with all these local talent. Like, how do you find time to make sure that you can focus on the business and, and say in an aspect such as management? Because I, I know that you've you've been talking a little bit about, like, doing artist management. If you were in a situation, hypothetically, of course, because I'm not trying to put you on blast like that, so this is obviously hypothetical. I just want to know, like, how do you think you could help people as far as management? I think management is about empowerment again and momentum, and as long as those are kind of two of the big talking points, doesn't matter what the goals are at that point. If you can accomplish those two, then you can help any musician or group because um, my services aren't just going to be for um, individuals, say singer, songwriter, acoustic guitar players. I, I don't mind working with an entire group as long as they understand that I'm there to help. Um, and that does require some teamwork. And I think you, that's, see, you almost yeah. said that with some hesitancy. Like I, I understand what the management world's like. I, I, that, that's the funny thing about being a producer of a show, and th- and, and this show doesn't hear hear much from me. Like they they definitely are listeners and they do yeah, their own like. thing. But this show definitely doesn't hear enough from me, and I only keep that distance because I allow everyone to have their freedom of speech, their their the freedom of opinion and stuff. And this is obviously not my show. But at the same time, when I talk to you about this, I want to come at you like an artist would come at you and be like, okay, so you're a guy who's dealing with management, and I'm looking at you like, okay, this might be my next opportunity. How do you think you could help somebody who, say, falls into the reggae category? Like, where do you think you fall in? Being out on the street has its perks, and knowing every bartender in town and every (laughs) venue I've played in in the last five years definitely helps. Definitely. Um, so how do I argue with that? How do I say, well, well, who do you know? How well, do you know? I want people to argue with me if they want to be supported. That's part of creating momentum, and they just need to have an understanding of what their goals are. It's not always about getting more shows at the bars. It might be about becoming a better songwriter. Um, it might be about um, having uh, an established expectation for everyone. I, I mean, as you know, musicians don't always get along with each other. I definitely know definitely that. Know. That's part of the, the part of the system. Yes, definitely. Yeah, I mean, creating teamwork is not the best uh, best scenario all the time. Um, there's there's always going to be somebody who's going to be outspoken in a group in my mind, and I think that's important to keep some diversity in the mix. So as a keyboardist, like obviously you're not a lead singer, you're not a percussionist, you're not a bassist. You're definitely one of those, like as some people exactly. would like to consider, an expendable instrument yeah. as far as bands go. But as far as reggae goes and as far as the bands that you're involved with, I consider you, you know, inexpensive. But at the same time, like how do you deal with that and how do you grasp that as a studio musician, wow. as somebody who goes into the studio and, and, and does studio work for people for like 100 bucks an hour? How do you grasp the fact that it's time to work with a band? How do you measure the fact that this is worthwhile versus the fact that you are a studio musician who does work for people you know, for 100 bucks an hour in the studio versus a band that you would play with? You know, you just got to start creating your own value. And that's something that I think I'll continue to work on through the end of the year. And creating value means something uh, different for me than it does for other people as artists. And I think it's unfortunate that um, that we find situations where 
artists undervalue themselves and i mean we take mm-hmm. photography mm-hmm. Which wait wait is wait, one wait, of wait, my... wait 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 when you say undervalue oh, yourself yeah. like we talk a lot about this on the sensei said so podcast and you can check out previous episodes on the sensei said so.com but at the same time we've talked to a lot of artists and we've touched base on this subject plenty of times uh vio sensei and and, and shadow the the villain you know he's a huh. he's a crazy motherfucker. Huh. So like that's why we call each other all these weird call signs and all these nah, call names. Because why? Because it's entertainment, right? It's for huh. entertainment value. But at the same time, it's like you find yourself working with all these artists. You find yourself working with all these studios and producers and stuff. When do you know that it's bullshit and not like when do you when do you think like what is your red flags when dealing right? with the studio? Like yes. if someone was listening and needed help identifying a red flag when dealing with. That type of situation. As far as you're concerned, as an artist, I'm always curious to hear about everyone's, right. you know, red flags we as far as that goes. I mean, being an artist, I think, who's successful is an artist that has intuition. And you can understand if um, either someone who's working with that artist or working against them. I mean, you can kind of smell that coming from a while oh, away. Yeah. And I think that that instinct is part of what's going to allow me to build rapport with other artists quickly in the community in the near future. Mm. What, what do you think the most helps helps you build rapport with artists locally, specifically locally? Have, Lo- you, me- have you met this somewhere. guy? He's great. Well, I have met him, but I'm just I'm just asking for clarification. Yeah, building rapport with people is not always a straightforward task, and it's always been one of my strong suits um, working in the coaching world. Um, I think that that's that's the direct connection, you know, where I I I talk I talk with my family about maybe pursuing teaching, and then I think about you know what my emphasis is as an artist, specifically a keyboard player. Uh, there's a lot of bases that I cover on keyboard that allow me to work with every other instrument. And, and, and as far as oh, I definitely. know, like someone who's working closely with you, like obviously me and you are kind of tied right now. Not that it's anyone's business, but <laughs> you have set up a business here in Salt Lake City that's going to be offering uh, piano lessons, keyboard lessons, stuff to Beautiful. the youth, stuff to other adults, stuff to people who are involved with studio activity. Like I- expand on that a little bit. Well, I mean, coming from a pen and paper point of perspective, I don't always need a computer to help people learn something that has been taught for hundreds of years. Uh, and again, it's music just, in general, right? Music, um, management of self too. I mean, when we come to talent management, it's not just about writing content. It's going to be about people managing themselves. Well, and, how do you, well, I know we just completely sidetracked from that, but how do you deal with somebody who is just lit to a nine and just can't deal with themselves? Like you, when you, when you're dealing with an artist, someone who's extremely talented sure. and I don't want to use any examples because sure. I don't want to offend any of my artist friends who have also been involved in those similar situations. But I, I mean, just coming from you, from a guy who's offering these services and having a business locally available to people here in the city of Salt Lake and beyond having these types of services available to him. I mean, how would you deal with somebody who may be a little rough around the edges, maybe some addiction problems, maybe they have uh, an immense talent, but they're just hard headed. I mean, what do you do with a client like that? You meet everyone on their level and that, that level could change, especially like you mentioned, if it's someone who's dealing with personal hardship or it's someone who's in a breakup or someone who has dealt with a variety of crises in their lives, it really doesn't matter uh, as long as you're committed to the goal. Um, the goal should see itself through and you'll know immediately. At least I feel like I would have some instinct into seeing, um, you know, hey, there's a problem here. This artist is not someone that I can see long term working with. And I think, well, that how do you identify that? Because I know a there's lot an of interview people that, try to do this. Stuff. Yeah, this is part of my services. This is a platform based situation where I've set up an interview, let's so say, per- for, through personal experience. 
Yeah, absolutely. This so, is how I'm running so my business. I don't mean to interrupt you, but yeah. like you've, you've also touched base on the fact that you'll have a website. Like, does your website cover the like this free type of consultation with people to like red flag and like how to identify these things? Globally, once this gets in its situation where it needs to be, yes, I think that'll be one of the main talking points. I think that's great, dude. Like, because I feel Definitely. like I feel like artists that's all over the world, amazing. not only not only here, you know, Australia, Europe, Definitely. Uh, you know, the, the, the southern hemisphere, the global south in, in general. I feel like if people had more access to knowledge and more access to Definitely. people willing to work with their situation and know about how to deal with that situation, that it could be successful. Yeah, there's oh, a there's a whole I mean, I would consider that in communication a soft skill um, and that's dealing with crisis. That's an artist dealing with a club manager. That's an artist dealing with a girlfriend. I think that, you know, outside of the professional coaching, that it, it produces some personal results as well. With as well as personal with accountability, I'm sure. Well, I mean, it's okay if a, a client of mine doesn't want to be accountable. It's different if they want to be available to my knowledge and things that I'm offering. Well, that's, that's, the, that's on them versus being available to teaching. It, it's Whether they apply it or not is totally up to the student uh, and, and that's a danger with consulting see so like when you deal with a consultant like you got to do a lot of research and who oh, you're yeah. consulting with correct oh uh it locally there are people that i'm ready to work with right now and then there's possibly people that i'm not ready to work with i think you've you've definitely brought up an important point and i think you know the research happens in a lot of areas namely the bars <laughs> where the music occurs, right? Where oh, yeah. We have a we have an incredible, we have an incredible, incredible scene, scene of of music here. I'll actually be out at the Hogwalla Pub tonight, checking out local music, which is even funnier because this episode comes out on AMR Australia on AMR. Like if you can search it on Caster, it's like AMR Australian Musicians Radio on Caster. They do all of our episodes. In fact, they debut all of our episodes on there first, and then as soon as they are aired on that. We release it as a podcast version on the Beautiful. website and every podcast platform that we have. Time. Check out senseisaidso.com. Make sure you guys check out the website, the sponsors, Distillery 36, 801 Customs, Surreal Vodka, Surreal Art. You guys got to check these guys Aye. out. They're all people in our area that are helping artists, just like Patrick, make things happen. Like, yep. And to be honest with you, Patrick, so like, I don't mean to like interrupt you with such a sponsored mentality with like when I sit here and talk like that. But at the same time, these are people who wouldn't who are they local businesses, who yes. are involved with other people. How do you feel about working with local businesses as far as helping your client? I am a local business, and I'm also a local client. Perfect. So that, be, that becomes more of a synergistic uh, attitude and also approach to the general relationship. I don't think that you can work against your community as an artist and Not be successful. Why do you say it that way? Because a lot of people could probably beg to differ. A lot of people could be like, fuck you, you didn't show up to my show. Fuck you, you didn't pay a cover. Fuck you, you didn't That's handle, handle my studio. Utah. You didn't show up to this. You didn't do that. You didn't do that. And we can all be up super upset. But like, how do you deal with an artist who deals with stuff like that? It, it, I mean, because literally, because you might find an artist who deals with stuff like that, that you might be able to help not deal with stuff like that. Yeah. So how would you deal with that? We've got a basic idea of being considerate with other human beings that extends out of just being an artist. Um, whether you're a man or a woman or a teenager, there, there's a general concept of valuing everyone, what, wherever they are, uh, higher or lower. And I think that that com comes with my skill set of just meeting people where they are. Like when I walk into this bar tonight, you know how many hands I'm going to shake? A man. I have no clue. Who knows? It doesn't really matter. <laughs> but there'll be several. They've always been there. There will be several. There's people that I've known for years 
not because they've given me a ton of money, but because they do respect me for See, my cool. value and, where and, I'm there going, for yeah. them and they're there for me. And that doesn't, I that, watched, un, that unconditional positive regard doesn't change with any of my friends in the community as far as I'm concerned. I've watched tons of people stand at your feet as you're on stage. Loving and that's you. coming from Justin. He's literally been to your live shows that you've done recently that you work with other bands. And this Beautiful. man, one of our one of our confidants in the field, you know, Justin. The Fourth Justin, of July was he amazing. was literally at a celebration up in Park City that you just recently did, where you performed with a live band Beautiful. and and you had an experience with them as a, a as a singular artist in the business format that you have. But when you're working with other bands like that and you have fans, obviously, like. The guy we brought on today, Mr. Mr. Justin. Like I'm just saying, when you deal with those situations, like how do you find yourself finding it worth your while versus not worth your while? For for all those musicians who struggle with dealing Is with the fact that they're not being it? paid, or maybe they are being paid, or whatever issue they have. When you get to how do you deal with it? When you get you to know? playing a hundred shows locally in the community and putting in a half decade of time locally. Car. Packing your car to where the upholstery is just ripping out of the bottom, <laughs> breaking <laughs> keyboard great. wheels, forgetting cables at venues, um, lots of late nights where you barely get any sleep and you still go back to work the next day. Beautiful. You know that your heart's in the music outside of just collecting a minimum. And I, I think mm -hmm. that, um, you know, a, a, as far as that goes, I know that there'll be more times where I'm on stage. And I hope that they continue to be just as valuable as those first few times when I first started performing here in the Valley. And, you know, I, I really like that you said that. Like, because to be honest with you, like a lot of people struggle with like this whole situation. To be honest with you, I'm a person personally who struggles with with my mentality and, and my commitment to what I'm doing. In fact, recently I took a hiatus from the show Let these guys just run it do their thing, and they did a great job. Everyone did their job. And the whole team here at the Sensei Said So podcast like, really comes through because why we're all so different. We all have so many different values, and we all think so differently that it's okay to just fuck up sometimes. It's, that was okay, the, it's okay that was, to do that. that kind of I'm glad you brought that up. So how do you feel about that with a project that isn't going so well? Like, How do you deal with the stress of I had a, a project, project up the street on this very street that we're recording on right now that I left. And it's it's no hard feelings to leave this project that I worked in for five years because there were lessons learned that carry into every band that I worked with for the rest of my life. And, and that's as a, a studio artist, as a performing artist, you respect. say that in like respect. Yeah, right? there's always respect for Passion Fingers that I've played with. There's videos there on YouTube. Oh, that really good. There's it. not many, but the few that are there count. This is a band that's a totally non-traditional setup. This is all original music. This is what's burning. What band are you talking about? This is Passion Fingers. They're Passion Fingers. That's their actual name. No spaces, all undercase. You can search them, right? You yeah, can, like, you can find, find them City on well, Fire on there. It's the only music I don't know if video they're be good that, anymore. that was ever ever produced in Mill Creek, Utah. That's cool. That's like where the studio is for the Sensei Said So podcast for all our listeners in Australia, Europe, and beyond. I mean, we, we, we literally Sensei. identify with all the local businesses in our area and all these people that who have something to do with the local scene here for us to be able to carry on this type of media for the Most world definitely. itself. Like we have listeners worldwide for a reason. And it's because we're representing ourselves. We're speaking for ourselves and we're being honest. Just, we're not sitting here just bullshitting a bunch of people about how good or bad it is. We're literally saying this is the trials and tribulations of business and being a musician. Just it because sucks. passion fingers did get to a situation where we all felt like we were, um, sharing a cumulative success 
didn't mean that we all didn't take something away from it. What did you take away from that experience personally? Like, just fuck everything else that happened and your identification of it, but what did you take personally from that situation? Wow, what a question. Setting better guidelines for how I work with those situations. So and, and, and what means? The, like, the be main, more specific. The main situation primarily before a show uh, with any band is rehearsal. So, so like rehearsal time was an issue for you with these guys, or it was. It it, it can be, and it still is. Why was it? Like, how do you get specific. nine people together? Don't 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 tell me names or anything. But I'm just saying, like situational specific, so that other people who are struggling with this may understand sure. where you're coming I, from as that kind of guy. Again, with with my service offerings, it's about time management, and I think that there were ideas in my mind where there's too much time dedicated to an objective that I didn't think had its given payout. So. Creating a different value for every monetary gain over artist predecessor. Uh, it did involve money at that mm. point where I was rehearsing. Three when ha- was that point? Three, three nights. How long a ago week. was this? Like, are you talking just like recent? Or are you talking like random? This shit? would have like, been well, almost. This would this? have been probably five years ago. So, like, you just went through this experience personally as a, a studio artist, performing artist, joining other bands to mm-hmm. try to help them out with their thing, and you're trying to figure out some traction. Yeah, and I it have, became complicated. I have okay, hundreds, cool. I just want to make hundreds, sure I'm following. Hundreds of hours there with this with this group that I'll Fucking never never take awesome. for granted. And I recently had an opportunity to visit with these guys, and um, they're doing some other work as well in the community, and they have a totally different set of goals. And I'm proud of the work that I've done with them um, because I was able to decide what my goals are going to be. And I think that bands struggle with unity because everyone in the group is going to have a different goal and a different value for what they want to bring. So as a manager, as somebody who could possibly help these bands out of their turmoil... How do you help a band that's dealing with that type of identity crisis? Well, I, I won't say that the band all needs to agree on one goal initially. Okay, so how do you go about it? I think Everyone needs to have... Well, hold on. What do you think? I feel like the community kind of screws it up because, like, everybody plays so many different bands. And they're all in the same family. It's hard to find your own. So you're saying that because there's so many different so people involved love. in the local scene, it's hard for people locally to, to attach a to a specific thing? Yes. All right. How do you feel about that? Like, how does that tie into what you're doing with the bands that you work with locally? I mean, because, like, when I say locally, I mean Salt Lake City. Sure. That does not tie do you, you to Salt Lake City because I know you work with a lot of bands touring, not touring, and I know you do a lot of studio, studio work. But, like, how do you deal with that? How do, how do you approach that situation as a guy offering services it's to management? It's hard to find your number one. That's one of the biggest difficulties because every band's going to have their own set of wants and needs, and it just takes some time again in that initial interview and also seeing what their history is. A uh, band that's had time to play in town that has twenty shows under their belt, and it doesn't get, have to be like necessarily this town. It's like in sure. general, right? Like it's yeah, just in I'm general, all be, bands in general. I'm, I'm going to work with a band again based on their experience and help them establish goals on a group basis and an individual basis. Well, how do you go about that? How do you get all these, like, uh, yeah, you like so roundabout, like, crazy off-the-top people who think they're super fucking creative? And I and I say that with, uh-huh. like, spite because I think it's funny and I just like to, like, stir the pot a little bit. But, like, hey, I deal with asshole. a lot of musicians. I do a lot of artists. You know, the sensei said, so, music clan, all these guys are such good sports because I literally let them say what they want. But occasionally I get to say what I want. And I just want to ask questions a lot of the time. When I see a business that's opening up locally with what we do, I always like to ask questions because literally when I when I think about it, like I've been in the same field. I, I've dealt with management. I've dealt with 
I've dealt with helping people get their copyrights and and all this nonsense shit that doesn't matter to this conversation as far as me jocking my own shit because that's not important here. But at the same time, I've done all that. And so my with my firm understanding of what's able to be done and what's not able to be done, I think to myself, what can this new company that just showing up at a left field – we know him. We're familiar with his face. We see him in his shows. We see what he's doing. We're proud of him. We like him. Everybody but like, how him. do I, as a as a client, like look at at Patrick Gregory's, you know, band or Patrick's mm. best music as the option for me? Like, how, how do I do that? Staying approachable. How do you do that? You know, if you look at if, how I walk into the bar tonight. If if you for our see- listeners, for our listeners, describe yourself. Walking into the bar tonight. Oh, God. I would love to hear this. this. I love this. Cue the that music. Cue the, cue the fucking awesome background music. Let's make this cinematic. Uh, like, turn on How bad do you fish picture yourself walking into background. the bar? It, this door person obviously knows me because I'm there often ah. after work, dun, dun. be it music work or construction, <laughs> which I work in as well as a painter. Um, and as I'm coming into the bar, there are a variety of people that I see that I know immediately. I feel like everyone, whether they work in music or not, approaches me in the same way that I would in the bar. Dun, dun. So. You, you think that people are going to approach you the same way that you work is the same way that they approach you in the bar? That there'll be that relationship already established. Like, don't, that I'll stay approachable. So for people who don't go to the bar for music, yeah, this is my next thing. It's like, the same so mentality. So this is like my next like super weird capture thing for someone who's representing a band who's going to literally say, I can represent you. How do you get a band that doesn't work, want to work in the bar out of the bar? Come you have on. to, again, establish God, their goals. Okay, so the band's goals, let me paint it. The band does not want to work in an alcohol-controlled situation. Half of them are underage. Some of them are overage. And they want to make some money. How do you help them do that? They're a cover band good included. Lord. So they play some what cover music. They got some stuff going on. They got a good rhythm. They, we they, have, they flex. How do you help great, that band? We have great all-ages venues in Utah. Uh, there's several of them available. Uh, there's also opportunities outside of working in the bar setting Weddings. where we're going to find uh, situations where anyone of any age can come and present themselves. Uh, we have a great music school Yellow. locally here uh, with Steve Auerbach that places students that are uh, he works at the School of Rock, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, School oh, yeah. Of, School of Rock is a great Very example familiar. of a situation where there's a there's a man who can sing. He's played my piano as well before um, at the you same venue we're happens? talking about. Yes, sir. Um, and <laughs> I, I know think, these are loaded questions, and, and the <laughs> listeners don't realize that, but yes, we definitely have this conversation. Yeah, privately. and you, you know, know I mean? think about Steve and his mission, and I think that oh, we're yeah. on similar um, talking points as far as meeting. People, whether they're under 21 or over 21, or they want to work in a bar, they want to work in music scores, or whatever their goals, whatever their placement, I think, again, just helping them with getting ready for those goals is one of the things that I'll be able to accomplish with this this current business. And that's what's fucking awesome. AMR, Australian Musicians Radio. You guys hear this stuff. We're talking from America. We're talking about some fantastic stuff, but this can apply to your locality. It doesn't matter where you are. You could always take this advice and apply it to your local situation. This has been the best advice you could have ever had from, from Patrick Gregory and Patrick's Best Music being established here out of Salt Lake City, Utah. We had Bust and Justin. We had Patrick on here. I hope you guys had a good time tonight. Like, we're going to go ahead and toss the time back over to our host. But, like, I was so happy to interrupt the broadcast this evening and have an interview with you, Patrick. Like, it's so important to me that people understand, like, what they have available to them 
and and hearing it from the business standpoint where you're the owner telling people what their options are and how you would deal with it i feel like that's valuable to people yeah absolutely i think it's valuable and you know ahead to our australian listeners there might come a time where maybe you might see me in perth australia that's you know yeah. waiting that's- for it Waiting for it. I can't even pretend it. Say it again. Say uh, it, waiting say for it. it. Say it. Say it. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyways, this is the, the, the producer of the Sensei Said So podcast. I'm with uh, Patrick Gregory from Patrick's Best Music, Bustin Justin, my Australian uh, local, Mark Angle. We're going to go ahead and pass this show back over Get to on, your man. fucking famous host. Love it. Shadow, the villain. Love and yourself. Vio Sensei. This song is by Vinny Cassius, and we love it. We Happy tune into days. our stuff locally. You can find out more about Australian Musicians Radio by going to australianmusician.caster.com or checking out our sponsors at distillery36.com or 801customs.com. We love you guys so much. I'll see love you guys you. later. Tune into the rest of the show. We got some more for you guys. See you. Yeah. 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 Dark night on my Christian belt I'm pale when I ride about to give y'all hell Send me wells, they penny pinching For this water rip is dropping cool Come on a nigga in the middle where I stay at Nigga, I'ma take that Feeling like Diddy to your city King Griffin when I play back, I stay facts Never fuck around, throw lines on your temple for the crown Like, nigga been the king since the palm plate Life like it's chest, lot of squares in the playing field Running through the village and they hating still All of that jazz, right in, get rolled on Talking, get stolen, I pay, pay some for a moment to clear these evergreen A lot of trees are common nurse I've been riding for the swerve I've been looking for my purpose These niggas is lurking, I see you like Y'all ain't ready for that new shit That new whip, that new bitch All black smoke and killer, y'all Y'all ain't ready for that new shit That new whip, that new bitch All black smoke and killer, like I, I, I can't feel my face, but I feel far Losing time Just a mad, mad, mad kid from a city you sick You lose sleep when you're trying to fight the evil with dick Like I ain't never had a conscience, I just speak with my pen See all this mental, know the composition, right what I been You ain't never gonna be, we ain't used to the drinks We shoot them boys, camera the scope, you missing a point Look, I mean we'll take your boy, got your girl, I'm a nigga Baka Shit, I taught her, got a rock a bus and now she spitting water Loosen up, that's the wave of the motion Boogie board on tsunami, wipe out, I'm causing waves Catch a body, that's a homie, if a nigga trying to stop me Boy, you Tommy, no cold, need a motherfucker gene to clean Tiva, live a sequel, set it off on these divas Life's a bitch, I never cheat her I just fuck her with Anita I've been running with my feet up These niggas is lurking, I see you like Y'all ain't ready for that new shit That new whip, that new bitch All black smoke and killer, y'all Y'all ain't ready for that new shit That new whip, that new bitch All black smoke and killer, like I, I, I can't feel my face, but I feel far Losing time the sensei said so show with your senseis you already know hope you enjoyed that last song that was Vinny Cassius with that new shit new shit 
hope you enjoyed that interview, a dope conversation. I hope you guys took a lot away from that. If you guys have any guests that you would like to hear on the show, send them our way. Visit the website, senseisaidso.com. Mm-hmm. That questions tab gives you the opportunity to ask questions. But if you have suggestions, shoot those too. Really Please appreciate do. those. Please do. And that being said, coming back from the break, <clears throat> tell the people what you got on. It's my time. Let's go. Cue the music. It's time. Tell the people which I had mentioned this jacket earlier. So in case he y'all mentioned didn't the hear jacket it. earlier because as of when we're recording this, free agency has kind of died down. The braided one, Kawhi Leonard, the pulled, braided one. <laughs> he pulled his LeBron esque moves and moved to House Clippers. I'm telling you, man, the NBA really is like Game of Thrones. That's why I don't oh, have to God. watch Game of Thrones. Because <laughs> if you just look at each team like a different kingdom and like each like powers that be shifting and changing. And now for the first time, really all the kingdoms in the land. Do they be jumping back and forth between kingdoms like they do teams in the NBA? Well, I don't be watching any of that shit. Oh, you don't watch the Game of Thrones? Uh, of course not. Then what are you talking about? <laughs> I watched I watched seven seasons of Game of Thrones in a half an hour. Shout out to you too. So you've watched the Game of Thrones? No, then? I watched the Kramit of Game of Thrones <laughs> where they explained the whole series in 30 minutes. Oh, I see. Because I'm curious. You know, I want to know what everybody's talking about, but I ain't watching that. There was yeah. way too much rape and shit for me. Oh like, my I don't God. know what's all. I don't know. <laughs> like, the dragons are cool and all, but like, there's too much sister and brothers getting it on and cousins and stuff. Like, this is some real Little Mermaid shit. <laughs> Hashtag not my aerial. Not my aerial. <laughs> I'm dying. <laughs> but yeah, it is it really is like a soap opera and that's the craziest part, especially because of what LeBron has meant to the NBA and and, and the business aspect of 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 building your own brand and being your own brand and player maximizing yeah, player empowerment, you know. So now that's why Kawhi was able to do that. Kawhi was able to like, man, I'm a hold out. And I can hold out because I just want a championship. Not only am I a hold out, <laughs> I'm a hold out and in the shadows I'm going to be active. Yeah. I'm going to talk to Paul George. I'm going to tell him, how is it in OKC? There's a lot of fucking tornadoes. You want to come back to L.A.? You want to come back to the block? They both L.A. kids. Mm-hmm. Drafted a year apart. Like, makes a lot of sense. But fuck that. They're the Clippers. And nobody gives a damn about the goddamn Clippers. Because you're Clips Lakers go, fans. Clips Lakers go clip. fans are haters. Nope, Lakers clip. fans love to hey, be haters. We don't hate anything. Y'all hate we, losing. Uh, yeah, because we win so much, it's awkward. Ah, uh, so then y'all been in a funk. Sure. It takes a little bit. You, we can't win all the time. So, but we back. Y'all come in splashes. We I did make some moves. LeBron People. saved y'all. LeBron is y'all savior. We saved LeBron. No, 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 no. We saved LeBron. LeBron could have went anywhere. He went to the Lakers and did what he did. He could have went anywhere and did that. But it was a matter of time. You know, the Lakers have historically, we have little bits of down years, and then we get a superstar. And that superstar brings another superstar. Then we do Lakers stuff. Then we dip a little bit. Then we get back. We dip. You dip. We dip. You know, it's a real (laughs) easy system. But you look at the roster now, and we're filling out with players. Rondo, Danny Green, LeBron, AD, Boogie. With the money y'all failed to sign Kawhi with, yeah. We made a squad. Literally, if you look at our team from players aside from Rondo, so Rondo on down, Rondo to JaVale McGee, everybody in between can shoot and play defense. That's all LeBron and AD need. Right. And I think people are undervaluing Anthony Davis. We, watched, we don't know yet. That's the problem. We, well, we don't do know, know yet. Though, we don't. Because last, well, two years ago when he was in the playoffs, 
They swept Portland, mm-hmm. the team that went to the Western Conference. He had a 47 and 15 he, game in the playoffs, followed by a 32 and 10. Like Anthony Davis, Anthony Davis did relatively the same things we watched Giannis do this year in the playoffs. He he had that moment. Sure, last year he gave up on New Orleans, but I think he gave up on them for a reason. Because outside of Drew Holiday, Rondo, and Boogie, which two of those three are with his team now, he had no players. Miritich just went to go play in fucking Barcelona. Right. He ain't even in the league no more. Right. Darius Miller, that's my neighbor. Ah. Frank Jackson, that motherfucker Frank went to Lone Peak. I know where you from. We know him. We know, like, know that little kid. <laughs> so it's like he didn't have no ballers. He didn't have no hoopers. But now he looks around and he sees Danny Green, champion. He sees Rondo, champion. He sees JaVale McGee, champion. champion. Jared Dudley, that's a veteran. That's an old head, been in the league. Like He looks around and he's like, oh, I'm playing with professional basketball players. That's what the Lakers have needed. Our coaching staff, three professionals. We got Lionel Hollins. We got Frank Vogel and Jason Kidd. All professionals. new. They're not new coaches. No, new to the Lakers. Sure, they're new to the Lakers. You're right. But it don't matter who the coach is because LeBron the coach. Uh, Y'all are just there as figureheads. <laughs> Y'all are there to make substitutions and figure out the defense. But LeBron's the one that's going to orchestrate the offense. You got Rondo. Like We have a team full of veterans, full of leadership, full of... There's not really that many personalities. Does he pass Kobe if he wins the championship with the Lake Show? When you say pass Kobe, I need to know a little bit more about what you're asking. Because that's a very particular question you're asking somebody wearing a Laker jacket. I see. I could burn the studio down <laughs> if I don't understand your question. <laughs> I could burn this whole shit to the ground. And that's what we need. In purple flames. What I'm asking is LeBron being the force that he is, the greatest single playing force to ever play in the NBA, decides to risk it all to go to a failed lake show and revive them. I don't mean is he gonna be is he gonna surpass Kobe Bryant as the Laker? He will. He you know he's not gonna be there long enough to do that. But because he went and revived the Lake Show, so he essentially absorbed some of Kobe Bryant's legacy. Is he now get a chip up above him in the overall race? Like, as players, this overall players, yeah. uh, that's difficult because the conversation on who's the best player is difficult. If you're asking me just who is the best basketball player, I don't think it's either one of them. But for argument's sake, because a lot of people compare the three, Jordan, Kobe, LeBron, if you just compare the tail of the tape, bigger, stronger, faster, like, LeBron in his prime is something else. I love Kobe to death. And I love Jordan, and I love also tarnishing Jordan's legacy because it's hilarious to watch y'all squirm. Hashtag not my Jordan. Oh, God. Uh, but I think LeBron has a chance. I think LeBron, I think an argument can be made that he's already surpassed both of them, if not one or two of them. But I don't think he solidified it. And I don't think there's anything he can do at this point in his, in his career. And maybe something crazy happens in this new year. But I don't know what he can do to really make it cut above the rest. Because I see the argument for either one of the those championship. three. The it has championship. The championship with the brand new franchise again. It has to be a different level championship. Because the championship he brought to Cleveland, that put him in a new new dynamic, right. new race. Because Kobe or Jordan had never played a team as good as that Warriors team and was down 3-1 and beat them. So if he does something spectacular, 
last season, the not last season with the Lakers, his last season with the Cavs, if they would have won that championship when he beat the Pacers by himself, beat the Raptors <laughs> by, by himself, himself, beat the Celtics by himself, <laughs> went for a 53-piece against the Warriors in the first game, if they would have won that chip too, LeBron the GOAT, shut up, <laughs> I'll shut up, I'll take it. But... He's done enough that I think that it's ignorant that people dismiss the conversation when you say and they go, oh, no way, not LeBron. Like, you're being ignorant. You're being, I'm the biggest Laker fan. I wore Laker socks all week this week to hope fucking Kawhi Leonard came to L.A. There's not many many bigger Laker fans than me, but I'm also a Laker fan. I'm not necessarily a Kobe fan. I love Kobe because he was a Laker. So it's my squad above the players who right. play for yeah, my squad. A, yeah, so I'm able be. to look at Kobe object- objectively versus people who just love Kobe. They'll take no conversation. People who just love Jordan will take no conversation. And people who just love LeBron will take no conversation. And that's why what we're going to do in, on this, as we end this episode, a perfect little announcement, is we've brought on, like we've talked about, a couple new content creators. And we're going to start breaking down some of these difficult conversations with sports. Mm-hmm. We're trying to bring objective minds people from different walks of life and different sports backgrounds so we can start having these conversations more in depth and start figuring out and unraveling who is the best who is this what does this look like from a different angle so prepare for that coming up for the next season of the music clan not the sensei said social the next season of the whole clan (laughs) is going to be some more you know we had Doss on the last episode talking a little bit about the content creators we're bringing in so you see we got things coming things moving so if things seem like they a little slow for us don't worry about that because we got to set a strong foundation in order for us to move forward you know we move like Kawhi Leonard out here <laughs> we wait it out we wait it out and then we negotiate when we need it and make moves when we got to for the chip so you already know how we get down shout out to all our partners for putting this on and we will always be your senseis here at the sensei said so show i am your sensei vio sensei 36 dread kage at a music clan 10th tribe of wakanda and i am the previous mizukage at a hidden miss villain Y'all already know it's Shadow the Go Tooth villain, leader of the Water Nation. So if y'all with us, pull your double cups up two times and we're gonna see y'all in the next episode. Brrr.